welcome back. We missed you. Oh, hello. <laughs> we are so excited that you are back and listening to we us again. replaced ourselves with robots <laughs> to do our podcast for us. No, I am not a robot. Ha ha ha. Why would you think that? <laughs> hello, Have you ever humans. gotten those phone calls? Oh, no, I don't think so. So, they're technically not robocalls because they are controlled by a person, which is why companies can get away with using them. Oh, I heard about this. You might have told me about this before. Yeah. I've never gotten But they're like, um, what it is, is a person is wearing a headset and they're controlling a call with a keyboard. Yeah, they're like basically they driving little, the call. Yeah, they have a robot voice. And... There's only so many prompts. Like, there's only so many things they could get this robot to say. Uh-huh. Because it's all pre-recorded. And, of course, it's stilted. It doesn't sound quite right, so you could tell. Yeah. And so, if people are like, are you a robot? Yeah. Because, technically, they're a person, they can say no. Like, right. legally, they can say no. But the response is, it's literally, like, a laugh. Like, a, ha, 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 no, I'm I'm a real person, but it's, like, you know That's it's creepy. not. That's creepy. Yeah, but I know this because, A, I've gotten those calls, and, B, I worked at a call center for a while, mm-hmm. and I didn't do that. I called and begged people for money on behalf of nonprofit organizations, and slowly my soul went away. Mm-hmm. Um, not even that slowly. I only worked there for nine months before I had to give up. Um, but there was another section that was fairly new, but it was the section where you wore a headset and you controlled these robots. And if ideally what they wanted you to do was to control like two of them at a time. So That's have, stupid. Like, you would be doing one in each year. I would never be able How to do that. How could someone reasonably be expected to do that? Right? That's right? You can't keep track of two conversations yeah. at once. I would never be able to do it. And um, I knew people who worked in that section who were like, yeah, every now and then I like have an off moment. And so I realized, like, I haven't been paying attention to the other conversation. And so my robot's just been saying nothing for, like, ten seconds. It's really <laughs> weird. You know what? If I got one of those calls, I would say, you're creeping me out and hang up. Um, I, I if you get like one of it. those calls, say, do not call me. Yeah. Put me on your do not call list. Don't ever call me. And definitely don't call me with your weird robot. <laughs> I don't like it at all. It's... It's interesting. It's is weird. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that they can be like, oh, I'm not a robot. You're like, you're a fucking robot. Ha ha ha. Why would you say that? Yeah. I like, am a person. Do you have an oil can? <laughs> I'm a real person. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Just no. <laughs> uh. I got me, a real person, pretending just <laughs> it creeps you out already. Yeah, just thinking about the I'm a real person. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, like, I used to have people think I was a robot on the phone all the time. Because we would have, like, a script we'd have to say, and yeah. I'd go through it. And you they also would, have like, one of those voices. You just I have, do. like, a... You have, a, like, a really... I got a robot voice. You got a really clear voice. You have, like, good tonality, and you enunciate. So you, I you, you might sound like a robot. I had years and years of speech therapy <sighs> to make me talk this, this way. 
Yeah, I was talking about it at work again today. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, a lot of things have led me to have one of those voices. Mm -hmm. And if you are so used to, like, saying a spiel and you, like, don't stutter over your words and you just get through it, people tend to think that you're a robot. So I did my, like, little (laughs) intro thing. Ha ha ha! And people would be like... Just, like, not respond, or, like, they would respond weirdly, and I'd be like, excuse me? Yeah. Or I'd, like, say something, but like, oh, my God, I thought you were a robot. And I was like, oh, no, like, I'm an actual person. Ha, ha, ha. I am a person. <laughs> I am a real person. That's my new laugh. <laughs> I'm adopting this I, laugh. I particularly like the response of, I'm a real person. <laughs> yeah, right. Does I, a real person ever no per- use the no, qualifier They would real? say, I'm a person. Yeah, like, no person yeah. has ever been like, I'm a real person. Like, Or they'd just be like, I'm not a robot. Yeah, I'm not a robot. <laughs> Don't call me a robot. I'm a real person. <laughs> now, like, when we're just cuddling at night, I'm just going to randomly turn to you and make my eyes go dead and go... Ha ha ha. I'm a real person. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it at all. This out. is like freaking me out big time. Oh, I also wanted to talk about... So, we record in the basement. It's always cold. I'm it's usually so wrapped cold. in a blanket. It is particularly cold tonight. I'm usually wrapped in America blanket. Mm-hmm. But tonight... The most patriotic blanket that ever existed, if I do I'm say. debuting a less patriotic... But, but much cuter. much cuter blanket... I love you saying debuting like it's like for the podcast like you guys yes. see my blanket I'm, <laughs> I'm also like have it clutched around me like it's some kind of fancy cloak yeah. can um, you all hear the blanket <laughs> can you hear it guys can you hear how cute it is yeah. but it is uh, one of those tied together blankets my mom made it for me technically for Christmas but yeah. she was finished with it and someone's got to use the room that she was making the blanket in so she gave it to me yeah um but it has hedgehogs on one side and then it's like a a dark blue color on the other side it's cute it is really cute the hedgehogs are multiple colors my favorite thing about it i think is that the hedgehogs are slightly out of focus and so it just makes me feel like i have glaucoma they're like little blurry (laughs) hedgehogs yeah like they're kind of blurry on top of the fact that they're on, like, a. it's printed on a really soft fabric. Yeah. So it Which just doesn't have definition. Fluffy. Yeah. Yeah. So I keep wanting to, like, squint at them to put them in focus, but that's just how the the pattern is. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I'm a real hedgehog. That's my new, I'm telling you, that's my new laugh. <laughs> I'm just going to adopt it. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate it when people laugh like that. Like, I have been in the presence of people who I was like, no, that cannot be their laugh. <clears throat> yeah, but that's me too. their laugh. Isn't that so weird when you hear someone laugh and you're like, that's, are you serious? I know, like. Are you fucking with me? You know? I like the laughs that are weird, but you know they're genuine. Uh, you're like, yeah. you're like, that's that's a strange laugh. No one would choose that laugh. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> like I know mine when I'm really laughing. I get it's it's weird. I like cackle. Yeah, you do. I like it. <laughs> oh, what was I laughing about earlier? Oh, it's another thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if they listen or not, hmm. but it was just making me laugh so hard. Um, so Adam and Brittany, if you listen, mm-hmm. I love you both, and you know that. 
But lately, Adam's been doing this thing on Facebook where he pretends that Britney's a juggalo. (laughs) 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 Britney's his wife. And he will like. Nice. He will. I can't believe you haven't seen any of these. This is great. No, I haven't. He'll post something about like her wanting (laughs) Fago and needing to get her whoop whoop on. Or like just. He does it all the time. Oh he does it all the time. This is so funny. And it's just been progressively getting better and better and better and making me laugh so hard. And tonight, um, when I was supposed to be doing the news quiz, <clears throat> I was browsing Facebook, of course, and he posted that they were at the, um, what's their name? I don't know. They're, they're banned. The, the Insane Clown Posse? Yeah. Like that they were at a show? He posted that they were at the <laughs> show in Toledo at a club called Freddy's. And people were like commenting on it. And Brittany is like, we are not at that show. <laughs> um, well, it's then, nice like, of him to be so supportive. And then know? he made a joke about like, he thought it was a little unnecessary that she was gay. She gave the bouncer so much attitude when he told her to put her Molly hatchet away. Um, it's this just, is a great gag. It's the best. It's a hilarious gag. I, it made me do the cackle laugh. <laughs> like, I was alone in the living room reading this, and I was laughing so hard. And other people were, like, commenting and being like, oh, I just saw you. But, Brittany, you didn't have to give me so much shit for not putting the makeup on. Like, <laughs> and she's just like, I'm at work and you're at the bar. Stop it. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. That oh, makes me so happy. It's, like... I love it. It's a wonderful gag. I love it. It's the best. It's pretty clever. He just torments her. (laughs) (laughs) My wife, the juggalo. (laughs) Oh, it reminds me of an article. I know I told you about it before, but it, it was like a satirical article along the lines of, um, like articles about whether or not to circumcise your child and stuff like that. Okay. And this article was, about getting her daughter's tongue pierced because they had to bring their child up with that juggalo lifestyle. Oh my god. <laughs> their kids got a whoop whoop with like the best of them. Their infant? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's, god, uh, that's a I want to say it was from Reductress. Hmm. It was really good. You know what? I seem to remember something on this article. I seem to remember people taking it seriously. Hmm. I don't think anyone. There's something it. like that. There was like an article not that long ago about someone and like how they want to raise their kid or whatever, or something they wanted to do that seemed I a little bit over the top. I think that article you're talking about was what made me think of the Juggalo article. Yeah. But I don't think they're the same article because the Juggalo article is from years ago. Okay. But it just was a similar tone and made me think of it, but I forget what that one was. That's this a, is fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Should we talk about some news? Let's talk about the news. I want to do the news quiz. God, is it fucking cold down here? Do you want to go get America blanket? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm 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 super tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm like fine. <laughs> My feet are not at all frozen. I Floor hate tough. Th- I hate this. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the heat up later. So every now and then, my boss <clears throat> will refer to himself as being built like a Chevy. 
Like, to say he's, like, tough or something. And my first instinct and what I immediately said the first time he said that was, Ford Tough. (laughs) Built like a Chevy. Built like a Chevy. Ford Tough. Ford Tough. Makes sense to me. I don't see any issue with this. I don't see anything wrong with it. So, the news. The news. I am going to give you David P. Drogowska. Okay. I don't need to know my middle initial, but I like that you threw it in. They didn't have to know that was your real middle initial. That's true. <laughs> you ruined it. Damn. Um, I've been doxxed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to give you three headlines. One of them is actually real. Mm-hmm. Two of them are not, and you have to guess which one is real. I'm going to so nail this. I'm going to crush it. All right, let's bro. see. <laughs> Please don't call me bro. Crush it, bro. Come on, bro. (laughs) 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 The more you say it, the wider my mouth is going to open until my soul just crawls on out. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get back to the news quiz. Okay. It's it's cool, bro. (sighs) Yeah, bro. All right. First headline. Yeah. Exponential increase in avocado-related injuries leads to mandatory warning labels. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even picture what that would even look like. Just, oh, oh no! And then, like, cut through my hand, I guess. People just... Cutting their hands, trying to cut through avocados. Oh, man. Okay. Um, woman who can smell Parkinson's disease helps scientists develop early detection tests. Okay. Okay. Local Santa accused of harassment. Mayor cancels Christmas. Cancels Christmas? <laughs> Is he like the... He's like a grinchy old mayor? <laughs> well... Cancels like their local Christmas event. Okay. I I have a strong inclination on this one. Yeah. I am very strongly inclined to believe that it is the Parkinson smelling woman. Final answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little obvious, but Woo! The <laughs> The article is actually really interesting. Yeah, I'm the best. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay. Let's not get a big head over it. <laughs> but I am the best, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm number one. All right. I'm going to start talking about this article. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, I just had to have some fun with that one. And I like that voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> You're so good. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway. So, basically, this lady's husband had Parkinson's, and Uh she started to notice he had a smell. And originally, like, kind of gave him shit and was like, you are not bathing enough or something. Like, you gotta take care of yourself. Not not connecting the two. Right. And, um... You just, like, thought her husband was kind of stinky. Yeah, it was like a... She describes it as, like, a musty kind of smell. So... Like, he just thought he just wasn't, like, drying off well enough or, you know. Yeah. So, it wasn't until they went to, like, a Parkinson's support group that she left and she went, everyone there smells just like you. 
That's and, insane. And she connected that what she was smelling was the disease. Like, something about it, she can just smell it. Whoops. So, um, she, they, they didn't want to bring it up to just anybody because they didn't want people to think she was crazy. But she was also a nurse. Yeah. So it wasn't like she was like a kook and not familiar with medical stuff like she knew that some people would think this is really insane sounding so it does sound insane yeah so they found um someone who was like doing research into parkinson's and they kind of like did their own research on them and were like i think this is the person we're gonna go this with yeah they must have done a blind test on her too oh yeah they did they tested her yeah so they went to this person and they're like hey like i I have this ability. I can smell Parkinson's. Test me and we'll figure it out. And so they tested her. Um, Basically, they took like a piece of cloth and like had it on the person's like neck and head for a little while and then gave them to her. Um, So she only got one wrong. Wow. She said, this person has Parkinson's and they said, no, that's the control. That guy called them later and said, what did she say to you? Because I've got Parkinson's. Whoa! So technically she got them all right, but she just detected it earlier than the tests had. Whoa! Yeah, so she... Oh man, that just blew my mind. Yeah. That just like freaked me out. Yeah, so she, she can smell this in advance. So they're using her help to develop some tests that would be able to determine very early on if someone has parkinson's um right of course like parkinson's is a fatal illness and there isn't a cure but learning more about it is always helpful the fact that there could be someone who can smell what the disease is i mean that tells us something about it yeah and it tells us it's changing our body chemistry enough you know that can that can lead them in the direction of something yeah and even early detection can help Because there, if you catch something early enough, the treatments could be more helpful than if you catch it way later. So I want to make this lady smell me. <clears throat> I'm just going to find her and be like, hey, take a whiff of me. Am I going to be okay? <laughs> uh, I mean, she can't smell if we're going to get something in the future, but obviously it seems like she could catch it before anyone else knows they have right. it. Like, that. very interesting. Um, what if in the future this woman just, she, they never figure out how she knows it? And then they just make her sit in a chair all day and just parade people past her. Yeah, and and they and like aren't her, able <laughs> to develop the test. They're just like, you gotta have Linda sniff you. Yeah, we just and that's so, the test. The rest of her life is she just has to smell all kinds of weird strangers for like ever. <laughs> um, her name is Joy Milney. Okay. And um, it's just like an, it was written as an interview. This article. And the last question they asked her is if her husband was aware of this um, and what he felt about it. And she said he was aware and he did encourage her. And he actually insisted before he passed away that she make them listen to her and she not let anyone shut her up about it, that she do something about it. Wow. Because obviously that it that's a talent. <laughs> that's a skill. It's a weird one. Yeah. So... Uh, super duper interesting and what a coincidence that like you know she just happened to figure it out because someone she loved had the disease so wonder what other stuff she can smell that she doesn't, doesn't know yeah who knows who knows if it's just that thing i mean there there are people 
who can smell cyanide and people who can't. Yeah. Or people whose pee is made to smell after eating asparagus and yeah. people who aren't. There are people who, yeah. uh, what is it, the... The herb that some cilantro. people think tastes like soap, yeah. Yeah, cilantro tastes <clears throat> like soap to some people, which is so weird to me, and I would be so sad if it tasted like soap I to me. I feel like it It partially, if I eat a lot of it, I can kind of get that, yeah. but if it's just a little bit, it still tastes good. Like, so I don't think I really have that, yeah. but I can see why people would think it would, it tastes soapy. Damn, I love cilantro. Good. I'm so hungry right You are now. very hungry. <laughs> I mean, I didn't eat all day until I ate those PB&J sandwiches, but I'm like real. We are going to get Wendy's after this podcast. Yeah, I was ready to start the podcast, but Dave had to <laughs> stare at the Wendy's menu for 10 minutes. <laughs> this is rolling around going, oh, okay, that Oz Yaga Club looks good. Yeah, that's nice. Just like <laughs> clicking through sandwiches uh, going, mm, that's Wendy's that looks porn. pretty good. Yeah, seriously. I'm like ridiculously hungry. For not not a great reason. Yeah. I mean, I what, even just ate. What's our middle segment? Is it just this us talking about Wendy? <clears throat> no, there was <laughs> there was something I wanted to talk about, and I've forgotten. So let's talk about Wendy's. <laughs> 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 ha ha ha. Um, ha ha ha. I think what I actually wanted to talk about for a minute, uh, I was, just, I mean, I told you about it uh, today. And I watched the first episode of the second season of Mindfield. Yeah. Which is now available. Season two is now out on YouTube Red. Um, Let's talk about what Mindfield is. Mindfield is super cool. So it is hosted by Michael Stevens, who is the guy whose whose channel is Vsauce. He's often known as Vsauce. Why is he called Vsauce? I don't know. I think I remember him. I don't know now. Um, (laughs) You okay? Oh, gee. Oh, no. Girlfriend, no. Steady now. You all right? I took a breath in. (laughs) And, like, my hair got in my mouth, and then I started choking. I have to cut this hair. Mm Mm-hmm. It's getting dangerous. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so sorry for coughing. Anyway. On mic. Vsauce. Vsauce. Michael Stevens's YouTube show all about science and, and uh, like, uh, really just fascinating educational stuff. Um, he started <clears throat> uh, maybe over a year ago. He dro- They dropped the first season of Mindfield, which is all just, like, you know, centered around the same kind of stuff. Educational, science-based, you know, things. Uh, one of the most interesting episodes of Mindfield he ever did was one where he isolated himself. You all right? (laughs) (laughs) What is happening to you? What is going on? (laughs) Now I have that tickle. Do we need to take a break? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's take a break. Oh, my God. Hold on. We're going to be right back. Jesus Christ. And we're back. And I'm not dying anymore. Not dying anymore. What the hell are we talking about? It wasn't Wendy's, was it? No, not anymore. Because their burgers are always fresh and never frozen. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the Baconator has six whole slices of bacon. I think we decided, unlike assholes, which are never fresh but also can't be frozen. Yeah, you can't freeze a butthole. I don't really know (laughs) why. Unless the person is dead. We talk some weird nonsense on this show. We were talking about Michael Stevens. We were. (laughs) So, Mindfield, uh, the, the, one of the coolest things he did on that show 
was <laughs> one about uh, isolation in like uh, like like being placed in isolation and the effects it has on the mind and basically put himself in a white room with a light that never turned mm-hmm. off and everything in it was just like bright white and. He had a, a, like a little turlet and a, a bunch of soylent to eat. Oh yeah, oh. Which is, like disgusting. Um, and was in there for seventy-two hours, and actually started to screw with his head. Like, yeah, he uh, was like kind of hallucinating, and yeah, you when you don't have a method to keep time with, yeah. your internal clock isn't that accurate. So yeah, he, <clears> he was he, like twenty-four hours ahead. Yeah. Or something like he that. He thought it had been, like, a full day by the time it was only, like, like half a day or, like, something like that. Or maybe, like, 14 hours or something like that. Yeah. And so, like, it, was, it seems like torture. But, like, this is the kind of stuff that he does on Minefield. It's really, really interesting. Um, a lot of, it, like, pursues a lot of, like, mental illusions or, like, <laughs> the way that we think or things like that. I just remember one of his videos was... They took like hot dogs and they took like cold hot dogs and lukewarm hot dogs and they set them up like every other one. Yeah. And if you touch them and kind of like roll your hand down them, you think your hand is burning. Yeah. Because like your your nerves can't, you can't get a good like idea of what the temperature actually is yeah. because you're getting so many different signals. Yeah, like alternating signals. It like <clears throat> confuses your body's nerves. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. (laughs) Um, But the the new season uh, just came out recently, and the very first episode is the only one I watched, and it was really, really cool. Um, because the, the it's about the ethics of experimenting, you know, like uh, with people and like like some of these experiments that like I'm sure you probably remember. (laughs) I can't remember who conducted it. It was an experiment about how far people are willing to go as far as obeying orders and they had like basically someone in another room that was supposed to answer questions yeah and if and they got them wrong electrocuting they, them yeah they had to deliver a shock uh, according to what was on the paper and mm-hmm. the person in the other room is screaming over the microphone but there's there's no real shocks the, the yeah. test is on the person administering the test yeah and uh i guess it messed some people up Oh yeah. Um, and like afterwards, it was like you know hotly debated of whether or not it was possibly ethical to do something like that. Also, there was uh, an experiment on people. Some people were designated as prison guards, and some people were designated as inmates. Yeah. And they had a time frame for how long they were going to do this. It went so off the rails because people really took on these roles. Yeah. And it got so crazy and yeah. possibly dangerous that they ended up calling the experiment off. Yeah. Like, they ended it early because it, it when it had such unexpected results. Yeah. That they're like, no, this isn't safe. And, yeah. you know, we've gotten a little bit better at realizing, you know, you shouldn't experiment on people in certain ways. Yeah. Well, this episode dealt with the famous uh, trolley uh, dilemma. Which has been used by a lot of uh, you know, psychologists to like sort of like it's a it's a thought experiment where you know you're standing near train tracks and a train is approaching and there's five people on the tracks but you have a lever and you can divert the train to another track that only has one person on the tracks. Yep. Um, Basically, I think... it delves into the issue of in the heat of a moment. <clears throat> 
do you do nothing, which is, of course, making a choice. Yeah. But do you do nothing and allow more people to be hurt or killed? Yeah. Or do you make a choice and have only one person be hurt or killed? Yeah. And, you know, we can also delve into the philosophy of, you know, not doing anything is making a choice and is that really better and blah, blah, blah. But in the heat of the moment, you do what you do. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting thing if you could do an experiment on it, which is why this is such an interesting episode of that show. But, of course, it's very unethical to put someone in that spot. Yeah, so you have to, if you're going to do that experiment, and it had never been actually tested before on anybody because of the questionable ethics of the test, Mm -hmm. if you're going to do that, which they do, there's a lot of consideration put into screening for people who, you know, like screening out anyone possibly with PTSD or like different, you know, uh, issues that could cause them more stress or or pain or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how they handle it, you know, like how they Mm -hmm. were actually to present to someone this scenario, which is, of course, done over like video and monitors and a big fake diverter paddle. Mm -hmm. Um, The, uh, I don't know, it's really, really interesting. It did not go exactly how I thought. It's a lot of... It's a lot of fun to watch, and I felt bad for the people being tested on. I mean, everybody more or less walked out of there okay, but yeah. but some people had some very scary reactions. And I think it's also, we would like to think we will behave a certain way in situations like this. And I haven't watched the episode, so I don't know what the results are. Yeah. But I imagine that there are people who behaved in a way that they didn't expect themselves to. Yeah. So, to do that, it really makes you maybe judge yourself harshly and think yeah. about that. Like, come down hard on yourself over things. But so much of what we do in the heat of the moment... Is our, like, reptile brains. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's it's not... You don't have time to actually think through a problem. You don't have time to really imply empathy and mm-hmm. really use logic. It's act now or do nothing. You can see the people really wrestling with what to do <clears throat> in that moment. Yeah. I think that's why it was so unsettling to me. And I I guess now... The, the more I think about it, the more it really is a very, very unethical... Tests to put people through, even if you control for people who are more vulnerable than other people. Yeah. And even if you go to elaborate pains after the experiment to demonstrate that everyone is fine and, you know, nothing nothing happened. And even if you go all the way out of your way to make everything better afterward, you still put someone through a very, very upsetting scenario. Yeah. But I don't know. I recommend that, you know, people watch it. It's it's on YouTube, right? Now, like I said. was it Vsauce that did the experiment, or was it just about someone who recently did the experiment? Vsauce administered this experiment. They okay. set up a very elaborate version of it with, like, CGI train approaching, or, or the green screen train approaching, you know, people on a platform, you know, or on the tracks who are all facing the other way. Yeah. And have earmuffs on and can't tell that the train is coming. Look, it's, uh, it's something to see. It's really something to see. Yeah, I'd like to watch it. Um, I, you know, if you don't have YouTube Red, uh, I can't say I blame you. I mean, no one wants to pay for YouTube, I guess, but this is one of the few shows that, uh, that they put out on YouTube Red that I think is actually worth it. 
There is a new show that Adam Scott is in. It's a YouTube Red show. You know what? I watched uh, a couple episodes of that. It was uh, Want to See a Dead Body. Was it? Is it good? It's it's weird. I really, really wanted to like it. It basically it stars Rob Hubel, who is like the lead of the show. The first episode is him going around with Adam Scott and mm-hmm. uh, Terry Crews, I think. I mean, um, I will basically just watch anything with Adam Scott in it. Yeah. Because I love Adam Scott. I know. In like a weird, obsessive way. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a bad show either. Like, I only watched a couple episodes. I feel like the premise started to wear thin for me even by two episodes in. We watched some of Rhett and Link's show. Yeah, The too. Buddy System. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That show I kind of liked, but again. I didn't finish it. It. YouTube Red does not have a fantastic track record right now. There's so no. very few shows I care about on YouTube Red. Every time I close my YouTube app and then open it back up again, like in the middle of watching a video, yeah. it's just, you could have kept that playing. You want YouTube Red? <laughs> and like, I'm just like, no. no, I closed it because I wanted it to <laughs> shut up for a minute. <laughs> yeah, they're ridiculous. Uh I, I will tell you this. If YouTube TV ever comes out to this area, I'm buying it. Mm. I'm buying it in a heartbeat. $35 a month for a, a handful of channels. I would totally, totally buy 35 that. bucks a month for a handful of channels? Yeah. What are we talking? Like, what kind of channels here? Uh, well, hold on just a minute, and I will tell you. Because actually, it's a pretty comprehensive package. I mean, it, I thought at least that what they were offering was pretty legit. So... Uh, let's see. Um, first of all, you get like six accounts, which is awesome. I mean, I'm like cheap and I won't even just get my own Hulu. There's over 40 networks and cloud <laughs> DVR, so you can record stuff. Okay. You know, and store it in the cloud, which is super sweet. Uh, six accounts a household, 35 a month. Um, I'm looking to see um, what the channel list includes. So... ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, AMC, BBC America, mm. which will have Blue Planet 2 on it, which I so want to watch when it comes around. Uh, it's uh, Bravo, CBS Sports Network, CNBC, NBC CBS, Sports, baby. The CW, uh, Disney, like three different Disney channels, three different ESPN channels, hmm. uh, three different Fox channels, FX, <laughs> FXX, IFC, the Golf Channel, National Geographic. The Olympic Channel, which I didn't realize was a thing. Sci-fi. Um, Telemundo. USA. <laughs> uh, Sundance TV. I mean, th- that's that's pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Well, it's more stuff for $35 than you get yeah. with cable. So. Yeah. I just, I could absolutely see doing that. I really, really wish that it was mm-hmm. available here. I don't think that it is. But it's available in the Cleveland area. Hmm. It's, it's I mean... Maybe it'll We're come not, this way. We're not that far. Yeah, I know. It's see, it's, it says here uh, it's not available in this area. Maybe if we ask them nicely. But I am so going to request to be notified because I super want it. All I, right. Um, all right. Yeah, all right. Anyway, watch Minefield. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I I do really like him. I I think there there aren't enough people who are interested in science that do, like, good YouTube shows about it, mm-hmm. like, that are accurate yeah. to the science and talk about it in an interesting way. And he does that very, very, very well. So, yeah. 
Yeah, he's an interesting person, and I've liked everything I've seen of him so far. Yeah. No, he's cool. Uh, one of these really great, fundamentally curious people that, yeah. like, uh, you know, it's like if he wasn't doing a YouTube show, I could I could see him just being, like, that science teacher everyone actually wants to go to his class. Yeah, or, like, working at, like, a children's science museum. Yeah, right. Doing, like, demonstrations. I, I don't know what he Being, did like, a YouTube. Bill Nye-type character, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know what he did before YouTube, but uh, he's doing the world a great service, uh, and uh, I really like Vsauce, so yeah. uh, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Cool. Um, so, uh, that said, let's take a little break. We'll come back in a minute with our main topic. Spooky. Okay? Okay. 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 All right. All right. We're back, and this French guy is here instead of Dave. Comment ça va? Oh, ça va bien. That is not even remotely French sounding. <laughs> what I wanted to do was come back to Telemundo, but I <laughs> said something in French instead. <laughs> like you, you were thinking Telemundo, yeah, but just Comment something ça? in French came out. It's Okay. Um, do you want to introduce our topics? I feel uh, like no. you always ask if I want to, but I never ask you if you want to. I would like to. Um, so, for this episode, I wanted to learn about it. It was one of your topics, actually, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it was one I, I put on the list for you to do, but yeah. they're really just like ideas and most of the time we both want to know about them so it really doesn't matter who does the research uh one of my favorite things to talk about on this show or to look into (laughs) is various forms of bullshittery and quackery Mm -hmm. and so when i saw this on the list i got excited and i wanted to have you look up information about dr oz Yes. TV's famous, maybe a doctor guy, maybe actually... No, he is actually, he's a cardiologist, right? He's, he's like... He's a heart surgeon. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, I mean, he's a doctor, <clears throat> but he's also like a weirdo who talks about magic beans a lot. <laughs> yeah, and we will talk about that specific claim. <laughs> um, so I wanted to have you research Dr. Oz, in particular also, because I feel like this guy... I. I mean, you can't throw enough shade at someone like this. He's like, you know, a major daytime TV presence all yeah. around the country. This is the kind of person who really annoys and frustrates you and I. Yeah. Because... He has such a big mouthpiece. Yes. He, he, a huge he targets a really specific audience because of when his show is. Yeah. And because of the fact that Oprah has endorsed him. Yeah. So he, he has a huge audience. And the people that see his show are people that maybe aren't the best with critical thinking because he's on a major network. He's on TV. 
He's endorsed by Oprah. Yeah. He is a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he's so damn likable. And on some level, if you're sitting around watching daytime television, you're either, like, old or sick or, like, otherwise, like, not doing shit. Yeah. Like, I gotta wonder exactly what his audience is and exactly, like, how much money people pump into the crap that he recommends. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like, I, I learned... When Jerry Springer was on daytime TV. Uh, the good old days. Then not everything on daytime TV is to be believed or credible. <laughs> <laughs> but not everyone has learned that lesson. I wonder what he's doing right now. Mm, I don't know. Wasn't he? A, he's a politician, right? Jerry. Yeah, he is. He's uh, the uh, Well, the thing is, he wasn't, was he? Or was he first? I can't I don't remember. Know. Oh, we'll talk about Jerry later. I'm like already um, immediately doing the thing where I yeah. search for things. So let's not do that. <laughs> we'll make them a topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me all about Mr. Springer. Yeah. Jerry. Jerry. But I want to talk about Dr. Oz. Yes. Mehmet. About him as a person and then get into the TV show and some of the claims he's made. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Mehmet Sengiz Oz. Sengiz. Yeah. C-E-N-G-I-Z. I don't know if I'm really pronouncing that right. C-E-N-G-I-Z? Uh-huh. Sengiz. <laughs> Sengiz. <laughs> you just wanted to say jizz. Yeah, I just wanted to say jizz. Um, it also sounds like send jizz. <laughs> like, help. <laughs> no. Nope. He is Turkish. Okay. Um, He is Muslim, or he identifies as Muslim. Uh, he does have some Christian influences as well, and he does transcendental meditation. Just, okay. like, throwing that out there, because I read it and thought it was interesting. That's kind of interesting. Um, and... Right up at the top, most of, this is from, most of this is from Wiki, but I did read a few other articles and mm-hmm. watched the um, John Oliver video again. Oh, my God. Which I suggest. Um, yeah. Go watch the John Oliver video on Dr. Oz. It, I love John Oliver. John Oliver is like <clears throat> the superhero we need right now to take yeah. down all the bullshit. Yeah, so he was, Dr. Oz was born in 1960. I didn't know this. You might not have known this. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I did not know that. Not too far from us. That's, uh, gosh, sorry, world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, His parents were from Turkey. His mom, her name is Suna. She was a pharmacist. And his father, Mustafa, uh, earned some scholarships that allowed him to come to America as a medical resident. So his dad's a doctor too. Okay. He has two sisters, Saval and Nazlim. Okay. Um <clears throat> for his education, he went to the Tower Hill School in Wilmington, Delaware. In 1982, he got an undergrad biology degree from Harvard. So like this is a well-educated person. Yeah. He won the Captain's Athletic Award for Leadership. I think during his undergraduate studies. And in 1986, he got dual degrees, um, MD and MBA degrees at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. And Penn's Wharton School. So he he got both degrees at the same time. Did not realize that either. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was class president and student body president in medical school. So this is, dude was like an overachiever in school, did really well. Yeah. (laughs) So in 2001, he became professor at the at the Department of Surgery at Columbia University, and he directs the Cardiovascular Institute and 
complementary medicine program at New York Presbyterian Hospital. He still does both of those things. He does both of those and has a regular daytime TV show? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. He, I don't know how involved he is. I did read an article that stated he still does surgery on Thursdays, but I don't know if it was completely up to date. The article might have been from a couple years ago, but he's still like a surgeon and... Wow. All this stuff, yeah. Okay. He's pretty impressive, you know. <laughs> Gotta give it to the dude. He's hustling. Yeah. In 2010, he co-founded ShareCare Inc. with Jeff Arnold. Uh, it provides interactive question and answer platform for industry experts to answer health-related questions. Um, he said, I want no more boundaries between patient and medicine. I would take us all back a thousand years when our ancestors lived in a small village... And there was always a healer in that village. Basically, he wants more hands-on care. But when I read this, my first thought was um, something someone said to me once when I was waxing poetic about, like, wishing I was from, like, an earlier time than I was. Yeah. And he looked directly at me and went, don't drag me back in time with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going. I don't want to go back thousands of years to where I'm living in a village and all I got is a healer. No, they just poured poop in the street. <clears throat> yeah. I don't want that. People still just <laughs> no pour poop in the street in places. <laughs> it's true. You know? Um, people, I don't want that life. People, like, just poop in the street around the world. Like, I am plenty happy to live here in America in the future. Yes. With actual medical care. And not just a village shaman. Yeah. Um, he appeared as a health expert on Oprah's show for five seasons. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she was like, hey, everybody loves you. Um, do you want your own show? So September 14th, 2009, the Dr. Oz show debuted. It was co-produced by Harpo Productions and distributed by Sony Pictures. It's the second Oprah spinoff featuring a regular guest. The first one being Dr. Phil, of course. <laughs> Dr. Phil. Oh, God. That man is another one. Oh, oh my God. He's so infuriating. He's mm-hmm. so dumb. Dr. Phil is dumb as a box He is what we say. <laughs> he has what we say is a real punchable face. Oh, God. Does he ever. <laughs> he's just I, like, he's like every guidance counselor you hated who like didn't know dick about dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just remembered a time in high school when... I don't know why I was in the guidance counselor's office or around the guidance counselor's office. I think it was one of my off periods and I was like an aide for someone at the time. Yeah. And someone like broke his chair and didn't say anything. So he went to lean back in his chair and he like (laughs) fell and he got really mad. Was one of the guidance counselors in high school? That's I don't the even one know. that kind of looked like Sean Connery and seemed like a little creepy. Um, shit, who is that? I forget his name. I don't know. But yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, people falling out of chairs is never going to not <laughs> be funny to me. Super mad. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, enough about enough about that. Um, more about Mehmet. More about Mehmet. That'd be a good show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the show that goes on after Dr. Oz. Yeah. It's just like him in a robe making cereal and like, oh, this is my this is my Tuesday. And yep. then like 
So <laughs> this was the first time Oprah's company partnered with a studio other than CBS. Yeah. Presumably because Dr. Oz is in direct competition with Dr. Phil with the Dr. Phil spin-off, The Doctors. Well, so what? There's, there's a, a spin-off? Show, there's a show called The Doctors, and okay. I think Dr. Phil had them on his show, and I think they might have also been on Oprah before or something. It gets confusing. Um, <laughs> well, the extended universe of Yeah, uh, the spin-offs TV. have spin-offs. Um, <laughs> so he's in direct competition with them, so CBS didn't want to be involved with both of them, I guess, or couldn't be involved with both of them. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's not the interesting part. So we'll skip past that now. Um, there's another TV series called Transplant. Um, it was like a special. <laughs> wow, you just made it sound real exciting. <laughs> yeah. Transplant. Transplant. Ha ha. A special he did. I think at one point he did a special on transplants. And then I think he had like a little mini series called Transplant. It won a Freddy and a Silver Telly. Okay. Uh, he served as the medical director. <laughs> I'm coughing again. Oh, no. This show's going off the rails. It's just so dry. <laughs> it's so, so dry. <laughs> but there's so it's dry. like a desert in my throat. Here, have a sip of this tasty old Fezziwig ale. <laughs> Brought to you by the fine brewers at Sam Adams Brewing Company. I don't know if the going to help this. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Might as well try. Yeah. Old Fezziwig. It's delicious at Spicy any rate. Spicy and bold. So, he served as medical director for the movie John Q. Do you remember that movie? I feel like I do. Is that one where, like, what, uh... Denzel... Yeah, Denzel Denzel Washington Washington needs a transplant. Oh, yeah. For, like, his kid, maybe? And he, like... He, like, holds a hospital... Yeah, he, like, has a gun and, like, makes people, like, take his heart out and give it to his kid or something. I can't remember. Oh, that's it. I think that's it. it. I think, like, basically he's going to kill everyone if they don't take his own heart out and put it in his kid. I can't remember. (laughs) Something like that. In January 2011, um, he was on a weekly show called Oprah's (laughs) All-Stars on the Oprah Winfrey Network. It was a weekly show featuring Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, and Suze Orman. Oh, shoot. I forgot about Suze Orman. Yeah, they would answer financial questions and, like, psychological and medical questions. Um, <clears throat> wow. He had a health segment on, or has a health segment on 1010 WINS called Your Daily Dose. Oh. In Oct- on October 23rd, 2014, he had a show or began a show called Surgeon Oz on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And it is a show about his career as a surgeon. So this guy's got his fingers in a lot of pots. Yeah. In a lot of pots? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Is that the expression? I think so. I don't know what it is. Don't judge me. I, I thought it was pies for some reason. Well, it's probably not pies. Probably either. both. Now I think pies might be right, but well, I'm gonna say pies. Why would you have your fingers in more than one pie to begin with? Because you're a disgusting human being. All right, and I'll you allow like it. a lot of different pie. I'll allow it. All right. <laughs> um, he's also an author. Yeah. <clears throat> he's co-authored. Six New York Times bestsellers with Michael F. Roizen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are part of this U series. It's U colon colon. U colon. No, <laughs> you, you. No, colon. you colon. Um, the 
They and they have different titles following the owner's manual. You, the smart patient. You, on a diet. You, staying young. <laughs> like most of his books are titled like that. <clears throat> okay. Uh, you having a baby. <laughs> you having a baby. He has a regular column in Esquire. Of course he does. <laughs> and O, the Oprah magazine. Yeah. In February 4th, 2014, he launched Dr. Oz, The Good Life with the Hearst Corporation. It's a bi-monthly magazine. So, dude's got several shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like one radio show. Um, bunch of, I'm sure a bunch of guest appearances on stuff. He works at Columbia. He's part right. of the faculty. Runs a department. Runs another department at a hospital. Still supposedly does surgeries. Is an author. And has his own magazine. Oh my god. Dude is crazy busy. I wonder if his entire life <laughs> is just operated by like a earpiece that just says go here now. Hug um, your son. He does not run his own life anymore. I can guarantee <laughs> yeah. this. He has several other people yeah. running his life for him. When you get that busy, yeah. you you can't do it. Go to work. Fry a pancake. Hug your yeah. boy. Drive to the studio. <laughs> Everything's got to be micromanaged. <laughs> yeah. So, let's talk about some awards and honors, because he's earned some. Okay. In 1996. Um, I don't understand what I was trying to say here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, from 1996 to the present, he has earned several awards and honors, many of them for TV shows and appearances. Okay. Um, In 2011, I wanted... There's there was like a list of them. I didn't want to read every single one. No. But this one was notable. In 2011, he earned most trusted voice in daytime television. And I wrote that's scary considering what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Which is the controversy. Yeah. Of Dr. Oz and his show. <clears throat> wow, most trusted. Yes, most wow. trusted voice in daytime television. Yeah, that's about to be a huge shame. Yeah. So These controversies are mostly due to his tendency to feature non-scientific and pseudoscientific advice on his program. Yeah. Uh, The first kind of controversy or scandal, if you will, is the arsenic in apple juice episode. (laughs) Did did you hear about this? No. I didn't know about this one Uh, Although I have heard that arsenic can be derived from apple seeds or something. Apple seeds do contain arsenic. Okay. Um, So you... Shouldn't eat them, but really the amount that's in them, it's probably not going to hurt you. It's like trivial. Yeah. But in September 2011, he did a show on the alleged dangers of arsenic and apple juice. He hired Independent Toxicology Lab EMSL mm-hmm. and found arsenic levels in some juice samples to be over the limit the U.S. FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, allows in drinking water. Because of this episode, a school district in Illinois actually removed apple juice from their menu. So they they thought it was a big enough concern that they stopped serving apple juice. Okay. I don't know if they have since changed that, but at the time, that was their decision. Wow. The FDA said there's no evidence to suggest there's a public health risk. They criticized his emphasis on the measurement of total arsenic without distinguishing between the harmless organic arsenic compounds and the toxic inorganic arsenic compounds that pose differing levels of health risk. So they measured total arsenic, 
And a lot of these samples, the amount of total arsenic was over what the FDA has deemed okay to be in water. Yeah. But total arsenic isn't really a good picture because organic arsenic is fine. It's the inorganic arsenic you got to be concerned about. So I didn't know that. Uh, Nestle is a maker of some brands of apple juice, criticized the testing method and said, you know, this method is also intended for water. So yeah. you're not testing water, you're testing something different. So the results are unreliable at best. And, and also the acceptable amounts <laughs> of arsenic in water should understandably right. be like, like, why would you have arsenic in here? Right. And it's something else that FD, the FDA said. But Consumer Reports conducted similar tests on apple and grape juice, except they tested for both organic and inorganic arsenic. Yeah. Not just total. Yeah. So... 6%, 5 out of 80 samples, exceeded 10 parts per billion. But that was the total arsenic. Okay. So if they took the total arsenic, 6% of their samples exceeded the 10 parts per billion roll. Okay. Only 1 out of 80 samples exceeded 10 parts per billion for inorganic arsenic, which is the dangerous kind. And at that... Its level was 10.48 parts per billion. It wasn't even that much over that recommendation. We're talking about parts per billion. <clears throat> yes. It's, so the allowable low. amount of inorganic arsenic yeah. in water is 10 billion. There are 10 parts per billion. Yeah. So one sample of juice exceeded that. And by not very much. Wow. So you can see the difference between looking at inorganic and looking at total. Yeah, right. And how you would get a very different idea of how big this problem is and if it's a problem at all. You know, it sounds like the kind of thing that someone must have known. But then when they looked and realized that their study wasn't that interesting. Controversy. Yeah. It's like they look at it and go, well, what if we just treat this all the same? Yeah. And we have an episode now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this limit... Only applies to drinking water. There aren't limits in place for juice, and the FDA said they would continue to do research and may implement limits in the future. But yeah. I went on FDA's website to see if there were any limits in place now, and they're basically, they're not really concerned. Yeah, right. They were like, <clears throat> from what we've seen from the research we've done, we don't feel the need to put any limits in place. Yeah. It's not... As big of a deal as his episode made it. Right. Um, <clears throat> the next controversy is real age drug marketing. Okay. Oz is a spokesman and advi- advisor for realage.com. He was criticized by New York Times for pharmaceutical marketing practices. Or it was criticized by the New York Times for pharmaceutical marketing practices because the site solicits medical info from visitors to determine their biological age. That sounds like such bullshit right off the top. And then uses that medical profile for pharmaceutical marketing. Oh, right. The New York Times stated few people would fill out a detailed questionnaire about their health and hand it over to a drug company. And that's exactly what Real Age does. Yeah. So he was involved with them and, of course, got some flack for that because that's not cool. That's crazy because that also <laughs> means that, like, you know, what you think might be just sort of a harmless questionnaire 
yeah. actually gives them the tools they need to exploit whatever your right. situation have you, is. Have you ever gone in line, online and been like, okay, here's a, a interesting quiz <coughs> that's going to tell me something that I know is bullshit, but I still want to know what my real biological age is based yeah. on all the shit I got going on. Yeah, it's like, I wanted, to, it's like wanting to know what Hogwarts school you belong to. Yeah, like, please tell me more about how I'm really 90 on the inside. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's bullshit. People are very used to filling out these like yeah. surveys and stuff, so I could totally see how a bunch of people yeah. fall in on that. Um, and now we're just gonna keep the hits going because <laughs> we're gonna talk about reparative therapy of homosexuals. No, mm-hmm. are you serious? Yep, because in November twenty eighth, on November twenty eighth in two thousand twelve, he had an episode devoted to reparative therapy. No, he had advocates of the practice. On um, And if you don't know what reparative therapy of homosexuals is, advocates of the practice view homosexuality as an illness or a mental health problem that can be cured. Yeah. So it's supposed therapies that can cure homosexuals and make them not gay anymore. Like the DSM, like, might have, like, six years ago, or 60 years ago. Yes. Where it was listed as a, a like, a mental disorder. And people and tried I, to treat it. Yes, I wrote homosexuality. Homosexuality doesn't appear in any current medical diagnostic manuals for illnesses or mental health problems. It is not in the DSM five. Right. It was a very long time ago. Yeah. But we realized that that was not accurate, mm-hmm. and that was wrong. Yeah. And we took it out. I wrote next to this. Do I need to say this? Really? Well, the thing is... Like, today, I need to say this. The thing is, yeah, you do. You actually... There are people who need to be informed that this is not considered by any legitimate authority. And more just the fact that, like... Illness. Just the fact that... Sure, this episode was in 2012, but even then, that I would have to make a comment and be like, No. Reparative therapy for homosexuals is not a fucking thing. Yeah, right. Not a thing. Uh, Um, But you can pray the gay away. I've heard that. (laughs) In response to reparative therapy advocates, several mainstream medical and psychological organizations formed Just the Facts Coalition. Okay. And they published a booklet opposing reparative therapy because homosexuality is not an illness. Mm -hmm. So basically, not necessarily in response to this episode, but in response to these people who believe in reparative therapy... Um, mainstream medical and psychological groups were like, no, no, we have to do something to combat this. Yeah. Um, so they made their own booklet, basically. Yeah. And we're like, nope, we're just going to hand this out. <laughs> yeah. um, so this episode featured Julie Hamilton, who's a representative of the National Association for Research and Therapy of Homosexuality. Oh, my Narth. God. Wait, they're called Narth. Narth. <laughs> Uh, LGBT advocacy groups condemned Dr. Oz for giving North a platform. Yeah. Uh, he wrote on his blog that he felt they needed to include all parties in a discussion, but agreed with established medical consensus that data doesn't support positive results. I call bullshit, dude. I call bullshit. Not yeah. everyone has to be a part of the discussion yeah. if their part of the discussion is wrong. Yeah. If you agree with medical consensus... That the data doesn't support positive results and that you can't make someone who's gay not be gay because it's not an actual illness yeah. or health condition. 
that, oh my god, I almost knocked my can over and I forgot it was empty and I just like had a heart attack. I saw, I saw you like freak out. Ooh, oh god, I hate that feeling. So no, no, I think you're right. I think it's like, it's bullshit that people feel the need to include everyone in, in a discussion like that. If, 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 if you're making claims that aren't, aren't sound and we scientific, don't need you don't to block. include assholes in the discussion. Yeah. If, if their claim is not valid, yeah. if there's nothing to support it, there, there's no reason to include them in the discussion. Yeah, like, there's no reason to devote an episode of your highly popular daytime TV show yeah. to that. Yeah. I mean, what are they contributing at that point except more noise? Right. Yeah. So that was that. Okay. In 2014, there was a Senate hearing on consumer protection. I know you know about this. Yes. Um, and John Oliver talks about this. Yeah. On this, his episode. This was a fun little little detour on that episode. Senator Claire McCaskill stated that by airing segments on weight loss that are later cited in ads, Oz plays a role in perpetuating these scams. Yeah. She was concerned. She said this to him. She was concerned. I'm concerned that you are melding medical advice, news, and entertainment in a way that harms consumers. Yeah. Uh, Mary Engel of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, or the FTC, criticized Oz for calling green coffee extract magic and a miracle. Yeah. Now, he actually, on the show, and if you watch the John Oliver episode, they show the clip, he refers to them as magic beans, which is, like, <laughs> so funny. It's amazing! Think, to quote John Oliver, uh, he showed a clip from this hearing, and... Dr. Oz is trying to backtrack and say, I, I don't refer to anything as, I don't consider anything to be a magic pill. Yeah. And. They cut right back to him saying, and John, this magic yeah, bean. They cut to him saying this magic bean. And John Oliver goes, it's not a magic pill. It's a magic bean. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard. It's so the, This is really concerning. <laughs> that, like he's got, yeah. again, the most trust of all these daytime TV people. Right. Hawking stuff. Based on complete nonsense. And a, a point that John Oliver made, which I thought was a very good point, is uh, Dr. Oz during this hearing makes this statement that he needs to engage his audience. And so he uses language that other people might shy away from, like magic and miracle and all these other things to get his audience involved and to engage them. Yeah. And John Oliver was like, you know what? I think we can do this. We can engage our audience without making these claims. Yeah. All you have to do is pander to your audience. So let's pander to our audience. And he did a bunch of different things. Yeah, he had right. Steve Buscemi come out and tap dance. <laughs> yeah, right. He brought a puppy onto yeah. the show. Was there like a bear on a unicycle or something crazy? No, there wasn't that. Um, he had women throw wine on each other and argue. Um, he did a bunch of things. And then at the end of this little bit, he's like, and we didn't once make a claim that yeah. any of this could magically make you lose weight. Yeah. It's lazy entertainment, at the very least, and it's harmful. Yeah, it's, 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 <clears throat> you cross the line from being entertaining to medically misleading people when you mm -hmm. use your credibility to get people to buy something that's unsubstantiated. Right. And Mary Engel made the point that it's difficult for consumers <laughs> to use good critical thinking skills 
when a product is praised by a host that they trust. Yeah. Now, let's go back to 2011 yeah. when he earned the award of Most Trusted Daytime TV Talk Show Host. Yeah. Most Trusted. Yeah. He is a doctor. He is a surgeon. Yeah. People He's a guy with real credentials. Him, yeah. People consider him a trusted source. Yeah. And of course he would. Like, of course. And he's charming. Oh, he's super charming. He's a good looking dude. Yeah. He's charming. He appears to be healthy. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you trust everything he tells you? You're just going to gobble it up. Yeah. He seems like a credible source. But he sells things like, he doesn't, and let me say, he doesn't necessarily sell them himself. Sure. But. But there's a partnership there. Yeah. That he, is lucrative He puts. The word out. He devotes an episode to this stuff. And then you know that someone's going to use your sound clip from the episode. You know that people are going to go out and buy this stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's talk more about the green coffee bean extract. It was found to have no weight loss benefits. <laughs> None. Yeah. The two researchers paid to write the study admitted they couldn't back their data. So they retracted their paper. Oh, really? You mean like the <laughs> initial findings that were used they, to support it? They ended up retracting their paper. They couldn't back it up. Wow. The FTC filed a complaint that Texas-based company Applied Food Sciences, um, the company that promoted the study, had falsely advertised. The FTC alleged the study was so hopelessly flawed that no reliable conclusions could be drawn from it. Wow. Applied Food Sciences agreed to pay $3.5 million in a settlement. Well, that's something. That was their settlement. I mean, three and a half million is probably not even close to what they made on this crap, but it's yeah. still something. Yeah. But, I mean, they, yeah, the FTC was like, no, no, that's not okay. Dr. Oz called this stuff magic and a miracle. Yeah. He also, in this hearing, claimed that he does his own research. He extensively, like, looks into this stuff before he talks about it. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, right. Bullshit. You could not have. You are a surgeon. You are a scientist. Yeah. To some degree. You should be about logic. Even if you appreciate alternative medicine, which he does endorse. Yeah. There needs to be a level of understanding, you know, how we determine if things actually work or not. Yeah. and, And embracing that. Yeah. Because what he does is so irresponsible. What he actually does is irresponsible. You can't possibly have looked at that art, that study and thought it was feasible and thought it was legitimate. He's had to have written a couple of scientific articles as oh, a yeah. surgeon. He has, like, developed new practices and new forms of, like, heart surgery and stuff. Oh, really? He's had to have published stuff. You think he's like a heart surgery innovator? That's oh yeah, like he's he has. I was I reading that. in um, I think it was the in one of the articles in the New Yorker article. The operator, I think, is the one where they talk about it. It's a good wow. article. I didn't read all of it, yeah, because um, it is long, but it was good. And they talk about some of the stuff he's done. This guy is credentialed. He's yeah. not a hack. Yeah, right. He yeah. is in some ways good in at what he field. does. In his field. But this part of his career, he's very misleading. Yeah. And it can be very dangerous for people. Yeah. And can I I also say about alternative medicine, I'm always very, very 
like one of the things people trot out about alternative medicine is it totally works, but no big companies are invested in it because they can't make money on it. Right. That's such a silly thing mm-hmm. because companies make buttloads of money on alternative medicine and they do it by A, things like diluting it and claiming that makes it better. And it's already cheap, common ingredients that pretty demonstrably don't have an effect. I mean, they're just money for nothing. It's money for nothing. And your chicks for free. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, okay, so these people who say that um, the alternative medicine can't make money, like you said, you made your point on that. But also, let's think about the fact that these are the same people that will raise their fists up and down and say, oh, pharmaceutical companies yeah. screwing us over, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Because those are legitimate treatments, and clearly they're making bank yeah, right. on those legitimate treatments. Yeah. Why would you think that if they could actually prove that these alternative medicines worked, yeah. of course one of these big companies would yeah. eat it up and patent it. Yeah. And make bank on it. Yeah. It, it, again, it's cheap stuff. It's always mm. like co- coffee extract. I mean, how much can that cost them? And how yeah. much do you think they sell it for? Yeah. Almost, I would I would say the profit margins on that have got to be insane. Yep. It's so commonly available, so cheap, and I'm sure they sell it at a premium. There are a lot of people in my life that buy into... Yeah. A lot of this are alternative medicine stuff. Yeah. And to some degree, some of it, sure, there could be a use for it. Yeah. A lot of people went goo goo gaga over essential oils yeah, in the right. past several years. And some essential oils do have an antibacterial effect. You have to be very careful how you use them. You can chemical burn yourself if yeah. you apply it and don't dilute it. Oh, shit, your brother did. My maybe. brother did that to yeah. himself. He gave himself contact dermatitis. Poor guy. Yeah. So it's it's just like, just think about things. Yeah. Just think about things. It's so irresponsible. Um, it's wishful thinking. So let's talk about his lack of scientific validity because Popular Science, The New Yorker, and Forbes all published articles that were critical about him because yeah. of those things. Okay. That he gives non-scientific advice. Is he doing more harm than good? That's what the New Yorker, or that's one of the prominent things the New Yorker article talked about. Yeah. I think that might be the name of the article. It's, it's called like, like The Operator, and I think it might be subtitled in there somewhere, like, is he doing more harm than good? Yeah. Um, and, and saying that he's irresponsible in his irresponsible and dangerous treatment of eating disorders, which I wasn't able to find specifically how he suggests treating eating disorders but i could only imagine yeah right from some of the other things from the weight loss things that he talks about that yeah there's room for him being a fuckhead about eating disorders there's a magic bean for everything clearly let let's get the magic beans he spoke of yes we're going to plant some magic beans This is that. This is my favorite part, and I think it's going to be your favorite part. Oh boy, let's hear it. The James Randi Educational Foundation. Woo! James Randi to the rescue. We love James Randi. Oh my God, do I love James Randi? Um, what was the name of that documentary? An honest liar. An honest liar. Oh my God! One of the best documentaries I've ever watched. Please watch that. I cried. Oh yeah. Did I cry? (sighs) 
James Randi. So, um, the James Randi Educational Foundation has what they call the Pegasus Award. It's intended to expose parapsychological, paranormal, or psychic frauds that Randy has noted over the previous year, or that the organization has noted over the previous year. Yeah. The award consists of a silver flying pig, so it's called Pegasus, <laughs> and refers to claim claiming something so doubtful that it will only happen when pigs fly. Ah, I see. Oz has been given this award not once, not twice, but three times. No kidding. More than anyone else. Really? Mm-hmm. He's earned it more than any other person. I didn't know about this. <clears throat> I didn't either. The, in 2009 was the first time he earned it for promoting energy therapies such as Reiki therapy. Oh. Um, if you don't know what Reiki is, it's basically um, someone who claims to have, you know, the special talent for healing energy kind of holds their hands over you and... And, you know, pulls out the bad energy and puts their positive energy into you. Yeah. Right. They're like a filter. Yeah. How um, this it's works like an energy transfusion. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is not a thing. No. This doesn't actually work. Oh, no. Ross and Carrie have an episode on it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's someone holding their hands over you. Yeah. Waving, literally waving their hands over you. Yeah, right. No. It's so silly. He, it's promoted, silly. he promoted energy therapies such as Reiki. Um, so he got the Pegasus for that in 2009. In 2010, um, he was given a Pegasus for his support of faith healing and communication with the dead, among other controversial practices. Oh, my God. He was the first to receive the Pegasus two consecutive years in a row. Yeah. Um, there was an episode. He's had a lot of guests on his show. He has had Teresa Caputo on his show at least a couple times. Do you know okay. who that is? No. She is the the New Jersey lady who communicates with the dead. The Long Teresa Island medium? Teresa Caputo. Yeah. The Long Island medium? God, with the she's, hair? She's so full of shit. They're all full of shit. <laughs> oh, no, Ross and Carrie went to one of her shows, too. <laughs> cold reading is... God, we gotta yep. do an episode on that sometime. Let's oh, just, my God. Let's just cold read people. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So he got the Pegasus for that. And then in 2012 was the third time for his refusal to face reality for continued promotion of quack medical practices, paranormal belief, and pseudoscience. So basically, the first two times were kind of for specific things. And then eventually the James Randi Foundation is like, just give it to him again because he's just still doing this shit. And he's just like. <laughs> yeah, just because he keeps throwing everything at the wall. We're yeah. going to throw this at him. Um. Dr. Oz has been supportive of homeopathy, which is something you kind of touched on. Um, the idea of homeopathy is that like cures like. So if you're having a, a problem, you like give yourself more of the same thing, essentially. And that dilution increases potency. Now, if you know what dilution means, yeah, it means right. the exact opposite of that statement. <laughs> Very specifically the, the opposite. The more you dilute something, you basically add water to a substance, you make it less potent. Yeah. Um, the idea behind homeopathy is that water has memory. And so if it once contained a large quantity or higher concentration of an actual active ingredient, even when you dilute it, it holds that memory, and so it's still effective. That's so dumb. It's like saying, 
I have a headache yeah. and I need ibuprofen. I'm going to take a tiny piece of this ibuprofen and I'm going to put it in a bunch of water yeah. and I'm going to expect results. Yeah. It's not going to be at least as effective as taking an, an entire ibuprofen pill. Anyone who's ever tried to make the last of the shampoo bottle stretch by adding water into it knows exactly how this works. Which I understand because my dad was cheap and that is all I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like to anyone who knows having added water to things, everything you add it to, you end up with less of that thing. It's so obvious. It's like, this what is it why convince- they make whiskey stones, people. <laughs> yeah, right. If it's not good enough for whiskey why would it be good enough for your medicine (laughs) i don't understand what it takes to convince someone of this so yeah he he's been supportive of that which boggles my mind yeah his image and quotes have been used in many weight loss product scams he hasn't necessarily been found to be involved in the scams but his statements are exploited by scammers and he knows they're going to be yeah you know that you're going to be used that way yeah if so, you tacitly endorse something, yep. then you, you know you've given them marketing material. He is a proponent of alternative medicine, though he says he informs viewers he doesn't sell or endorse supplements. You endorse everything you talk about on your show. That's an endorsement. Yeah. You give in 30 minutes to an hour, I don't know how long a show is, yeah. to a specific item. Yeah. That's an endorsement. Yeah, you can say I don't endorse it at the end, but everybody has the actual impression. Yeah, after you you've already talked about it for 30 minutes or more, yeah. and now it's in their head. Right. Um, there was a study published in the British Medical Journal on effectiveness of Oz's medical advice. The result was that 46% of his recommendations had no scientific backing and rationale or contradicted scientific evidence. Yeah. The breakdown of that was 39% had no supporting scientific evidence and 15% of his advice went directly against scientific evidence. No kidding. 46% of the shit this guy says. Yeah. is not scientifically recommended. Most trusted in mm-hmm. daytime TV. Yep. 46% straight up bullshit. Yep. And in some of that, there is there is evidence, and it's directly opposing what he's saying. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's so that's, crazy. It's insane to me. I feel bad for people who like are stuck at home watching this crap and slowly getting pulled into his little universe. Your mind is being poisoned by this shit. Yeah, I feel bad for people. Here's a kernel of hope, though. This is something that made me happy. Yeah. In April 2015. Ten physicians from across the United States wrote a letter to Columbia University Uh calling Dr. Oz's faculty position unacceptable uh, for his lack of integrity by promoting quack treatments in interest of personal gain. Yeah. Um, So basically, that's where my research ended. So far, nothing has come of that. He has not stepped down from his position, and Columbia University has basically defended him and said, you know, our, our professors can make essentially whatever statements they want to make in their personal time, which I think is bullshit because he is such a known entity. Yeah. Um, Everywhere he and, goes, he brings that with him. And let's talk about it. Columbia is a damn good university. Yeah. And you have this guy who promotes all this quack shit yeah. on TV. 
He's a bad ambassador for like 46% of the shit that he says is not scientific. Yeah. And he's teaching people. He is like the head of a department. Yeah. That's baffling. It is. It is. Um, I did want to mention a fact that I didn't really have a good place to fit it in anywhere else. So I'm just going to put it in at the end here. Yeah. One interesting thing, which, you know, we've now said a lot of negative things about him. <laughs> but this okay. isn't negative. It's just interesting. He did have an episode on his show where they were talking about, like, you know, gastrointestinal health and getting a colonoscopy after you're over a certain age. And yeah. Making it a, a part of, you know, your medical upkeep. And so he got a colonoscopy for his show. I was just going to ask, did he get a finger in his butt on television? It was in, well, I, I, I'm i sure they did like the scope. Oh, okay. Like so not, the not actual like colonoscopy. Not a prostate thing. Okay, sorry. That's all I was picturing. It's just Dr. Oz <laughs> catching a finger on TV. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I think he caught a camera. Okay. Um, Good enough. This is in 2010, and they actually did discover a precancerous polyp that he had removed. And so he he says, oh, you know, that possibly saved my life, which, wow. sure, that's a, a true statement. If they you hadn't had the colonoscopy, they possibly wouldn't have caught the mm-hmm. precancerous polyp. And if you watch that episode, you know what the inside of Dr. Oz's butt looks like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much they actually showed on the episode. I imagine this is a guy who really, you know... Yeah. I don't think he has shame. I don't no. think he cares. No. I don't think he cares. It's all for the views. What I'm do you sure mean? there's pictures of his intestines. Of his... Oh, yeah. The inside of Dr. Oz's butt is out there. We all know him very I'm gonna, intimately. I'm going fi- to find this <laughs> later. Just be careful. <laughs> you know, net neutrality was repealed, so you, we might have to pay extra to look at pictures of Dr. Oh, Oz's yeah. butt. Yeah, you know what? That might be its That's own package, a different package on your ISP. <laughs> The weird, creepy videos of colonoscopies. Yeah, package. oh, jeez. It's, it's probably part of the. So, to wrap package. up, Dr. Oz makes me incredibly <laughs> upset. Yeah. He is, by all accounts, a very well educated man, yeah. uh, a very talented man, yeah. um, and very intelligent. Smart, capable, credentialed. Yes, which makes it all the more infuriating yeah because i can't give him the benefit of the doubt i can't give him the benefit of the doubt and say i think he just really honestly believes this shit because he fucking knows better yeah that's the thing is he's he has every possible tool available to him to know the difference between fact and fiction on this stuff yeah it it is obvious that he is disregarding his better judgment Mm-hmm. In order to promote this stuff or to be associated for, with it. For personal gain, for more views on a show. Yeah. For fame, for celebrity, for whatever reason it is. Yeah. It's not okay. No. There are people who put their trust in this guy. Most trusted television, yeah. you know, daytime television host. Right. In 2011. People put faith in this guy that what he says is true. Not to mention, again, people watching daytime TV, by and large... Are the elderly. Mm-hmm. Like, the elderly and the unemployed, I guess. Yeah. But, like, old people will throw their money at the TV. Like, it happens. People, they, they will still call and order shit yep. off TV. And, and one thing I didn't really put effort into finding exactly the claim he made, but this 
these claims, the stuff that he talks about, and that people watch on TV, and like you said, a lot of it's going to be elderly people or people who are, you know, home because they can't work because they have, you know, a physical illness or a disability or something like that. Yeah. These are the people who are going to be watching it because that's when it's on TV, when yeah. older people are at work or at school or whatever. Yeah. These are the people watching. We have had people come into the pharmacy and say stuff like, oh, Dr. Oz said this. He recommended this. Or one of the, he made a claim recently. Wow. I think... I think largely people misinterpreted what he said in this case, but he said something about um, the prices of prescriptions and them getting racked up. And really what I think he meant, I don't know exactly what he said, was that these companies make a large profit compared to how much it actually takes to manufacture the medicine. Yeah. The markup is very high. Yeah. Most pharmacies have nothing to do with how much your medicine costs. Sure. The insurance we submitted, I work in a pharmacy, so we submit a claim to the insurance and the insurance comes back in real time Yeah. and says, this is how much we're charging the customer for this product. That could be based on whether you have a deductible, that could be based on what kind of medicine it is, what tier it's on according to them, whether it's in their formulary and it's something they like to allow their patients to get. Mm-hmm. All of that is out of our hands. And all of that is on the hands of the insurance company. Mm-hmm. We have had people come in. After that segment aired. It was like several people in the following week. Came in and were like. Yeah so I heard that there are some medicines. That cost less off insurance. Than paying with my insurance. <laughs> okay. Absolutely fucking not. There is no medicine that's going to be cheaper without insurance than with insurance. It might be cheaper with a discount card if you have like a really high deductible or something. Or it might be cheaper with a different insurance. Yeah. But insurances are not allowed to charge you more than what a medicine would cost without any yeah. In assistance. Yeah, they're not allowed to have an artificially high price point just because right. they're your, your insurance company. The people hiking up the price, and I'm not saying you're not getting boned by your insurance because you probably are. Sure. <laughs> but the people hiking up the price before the insurance even gets to it are the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies, which yeah. is also bullshit. Yeah. I, I don't defend any of that. Yeah. I deal with it every day. I see elderly people have to pay hundreds of dollars for their diabetes medication that they absolutely need because they're in the donut hole like all this shit sucks and it's hard to see people go through it but for people to be like well dr oz said (laughs) that there are medicines that are cheaper if i just pay the cash price and i look at someone and go if you paid the cash price for this medicine you'd be paying a thousand dollars your insurance is yeah sure your insurance is charging you three hundred dollars which is batshit but you would be paying a thousand if they weren't yeah. covering any of it. Yeah, right. So, and obviously there are some medicines that are way more expensive than other medicines, and generics and brand names make a difference. But absolutely not. Yeah. Would something cost less without insurance than with it? <clears throat> so Doctor Oz brings all his bullshit into your pharmacy just all by opening this his damn mouth. Bullshit. And honestly, in that case, I don't doubt that. That is not what he said, but that's how it got interpreted. 
and I don't know exactly how he said it, but there were multiple people who interpreted it that way and wow. came in to us with this. To and complain. I just looked at them. I was totally caught off guard because I didn't see the show. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all these people are like asking me the same question. And I'm like, where are you getting this? Yeah, where did you all come from? Why do you think this? That wow. doesn't make any sense. He affects people's lives. Yeah. He informs their decisions. He... It, it's irresponsible. It yeah. makes me really mad. It's just super irresponsible. It's very irresponsible. What is the dog? I don't know for? what he's doing. He's being weird. Probably hunting bugs. Yeah. Uh, wow, uh, that was a very comprehensive overview of Doctor Oz. Yeah, you know he's a more interesting individual than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, you know it's it's sort of like he's like the P.T. Barnum of medicine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's been several of those over the years. I yeah. don't like, we mentioned the show The Doctors. I don't really like that show either for the same yeah. reasons. That sounds to me like the Avengers of the Oprah <laughs> universe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the Avengers or the Justice League of like the uh, Oprah-verse. They have like, <laughs> they have like an OBGYN. They have like a psychiatrist. They have like a, a general practice physician. Like, they have several different people in the medical field, and it's like a panel, and they talk about these things. Yeah. But they do the kind of stuff where they're like, we're going to have you try this product, Janet. You, oh you the obgen, we're going to have you try this and tell us what you think of, like, typical daytime TV talk shows. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, like, it sounds like it's an attempt to, like, add some kind of, like, real doctor cred to, like, basically another sit-around right. tabletop talk show. And they were another thing. That they were guests on a show and eventually got their own show. Yeah. Because people trusted their advice. And people were tuning into those episodes because they wanted to see what they had to say. On some level, I'm kind of mad at Oprah. Me too. I was just going to say, fuck Oprah. You know, it's like Oprah quite reasonably had like a, has a lot of trust too. I think like she ran a really successful TV show for many, many years. With some real journalistic integrity. Good for then, her you know, for doing all she's done for herself. Yeah. But fuck her. Yeah, she just kind of descended into, like, just, just regular old vanilla entertainment on TV. And then making things worse by promoting these quacks. You have power when you have money. Mm-hmm. And when all you care about is what can make money. And yeah. what's going to get views. What's going to earn you money yeah. which i mean that that's has to TV be part business. of your decision that's what tv is about yeah what's gonna get people to watch yeah but you have a responsibility yeah. to people and doesn't seem like she understands it doesn't seem like dr oz understands that yeah or if they do they just don't care so people please do not get your medical advice from someone on tv <laughs> yeah right seriously even if something sounds good, do your own research. Yeah. Look into it. See if there's a valid study for it. I will tell you right now, there is no easy way to lose weight. Yeah. Even... Oh, God, this dog just farted in it's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God, no! Even... No! Even the pills you can take under the supervi- supervision of a doctor to lose weight... Yeah. Aren't the end-all be-all. Right. And they're very, very regulated. Why would you think that if they took ephedrine off the market, 
off of being over the counter yeah. because of all the issues it caused in the 80s. Why would there be something over the counter that's going to work just as good, if not better, than ephedrine? Yeah. Because you can get ephedrine with a prescription. Yeah. But they like lock that stuff down. Well, this is this is why I say a lot of this just boils down to wishful thinking. A lot of we, people really want to believe. We want an easy way out because yes. kicking our own asses at the gym and eating better is tough, yeah. and it sucks, and we don't have time. And right. and there's I Wendy's. Get it? And Wendy's exists. <laughs> Fuck Wendy's. And their delicious baconator with six <laughs> strips of a don't apple do with this, smoked Dave. bacon. Don't do this. <laughs> We are not endorsing Wendy's. Oh, I am. <laughs> I am completely endorsing Wendy's. Oh. Well, that was great. Thank you for the full overview on Dr. Oz. I, I always I, end up so angry. I know. <laughs> well, this is what happens when we look into the kind of things we look into on this show. Is yeah. We will invariably find ourselves frustrated with our hands in the air. Let's go back to last <clears throat> episode when it was about Bigfoot and we were happy again. <laughs> uh... Well, uh, this has been a bit of a long one, actually. We're like, uh, did you hear that too? Yeah. Like a creepy sound over there. It, like something fell. Huh. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Dog farts, things falling. Yeah, it's real spoopy. Um, this has been a bit of a longer, a longer episode. So uh, uh, I guess we'll, call it. we'll wrap it up here. Thank you for listening to Goose Chase. Thanks, lovelies. Uh, uh, please reach out to us if you have any suggestions. Yeah, if you have something that you know you you're kind of waiting around to see if we do on the show, and we haven't done it yet. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. Um, find us on you know Facebook. Get, get in touch with us because honestly, we've had some really good listener suggestions and they've been a lot of fun. And so, by all means, contribute uh, to the show by suggesting. Or just like some email ideas. us and tell us that we're really pretty and you believe in us. Yeah, that's nice. I could use one of those. Yeah. Anyway, thanks guys. We will see you in another week with another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. Want to go on a goose chase? Yes. <laughs>